Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. Hey everyone, this is Chidim and welcome to the What I Wish I Knew podcast by Dental Head Start. When we graduate from dental school, we do it to become dentists, right? Clinical, operative, drill and fill dentists. But this is not the only career path and it's actually far from being the only option. So in this podcast, we chat to Dr. Rowan Krishnan and he explains why dentists are actually uniquely qualified to work in a whole number of alternative non-operative roles. So these are roles in in governance, in education, working uh, with professional bodies or regulatory bodies for our profession um, and non-profit organizations. So he challenges us to explore how we can apply ourselves in really a different capacity, like perhaps as an advisor or a board member, an educator, um, being part of a committee or being an executive team member in, in business organizations, because these actually unlock different opportunities to do greater good um, and create true impact beyond just our individual patients. So uh, Rowan is actually a really good person to talk to uh, on this topic because he's actually the vice president of the ADA um, of ADA New South Wales. He is the chairman of the Filling the, the Gap charitable organisation, and he's also a board member on the Australian Dental Council as well. And he's involved in a whole whole host of other things as well. So not only does he apply himself there, but he's still a practicing clinical dentist about three and a half days a week and he's a business owner as well so tune in to hear about his journey beyond the drill so rowan dentists think that their career pathways are about graduating from dental school working for someone then maybe setting up your own clinic and being an operator or a clinician. That's what dentists are. Hopefully you can sort of challenge this idea that our careers are this restrictive. Yeah, um, it's actually something that I didn't think initially, but now I know that that we can do more. We're, we're not just drill and fill. Um, I think we've got brains, we've got aptitude. Um, dentistry is not only a hard career, hard degree to get into or a hard course to get into, but it's actually a really difficult course to get through and it's a tough career and it requires us wearing a number of different hats. We manage staff, we manage patients, we manage emotions. We have to have a, a decent EQ as well as an IQ. We're problem solvers. We've got to combine art and science. We've got to think on the spot. We've got to improvise. There are so many aspects to what we do that make us so valuable in any field or any endeavor leadership politics business academia you name it you can do it Uh, and i think that's i went to the the australian governance summit a couple of weeks ago which um is a is a um conference run by the australian institute of company directors um, and as you know, I mean, I serve on a, on a number of different boards 
um, and it's and corporate governance is a real passion of mine. Um, and it's emerged as a sort of a, another option for, for for me to to pursue as as a career. And and I think we've got to be open about what our ambitions are and what we what we think we want to do. So many times we people tell us, "Don't say it; just keep it close to your chest." But I think, nah, stuff it. You got, <laughs> you've got to own what it is that you that you like and that you enjoy and where you think you can go. So um, for me, I think that's in the governance space. I really enjoy it. I feel like I can contribute and hearing. The speakers from the chair of BHP to board members from Woolworths, Rugby Australia, um, Johnson and Johnson. There are so many different groups there that were at this conference in terms of the board and chair and CEO, so heads of these organisations. And the the big buzzword there was um, diversity and intersectionality. And intersectionality for me. Um, was a new buzzword. I didn't really know what it meant when they were talking about it, but they meant that they value different professions, different ways of thinking. The world now is looking towards new ways of thinking to 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 pioneer new frontiers. So anyone from a, a dentist to an architect is now seen as being valuable if you can show what your value is. And I think it's a, it's a pretty empowering thing when you think about it. And and the thing is that we've got to sell ourselves a little bit because we all the things that I just said that we can do as, as dental practitioners, I don't think society knows that we do all that, but we do. We manage so many different things and we can do – I mean, look at you, Chidham, with the career parts that you have at your disposal. Who would have thought that – you wouldn't have probably thought that you would have, you would be able to go into all those things – after doing a dentistry degree, but the the fact of the matter is is that we can. Yeah, look, I think um, I think it's really easy to get caught up in getting some tunnel vision when it comes to the impact you can have as a health professional. So we dentists will think about the impact they have on the patient immediately in front of them, but um, if you don't mind. Do you think that you could share a little bit with the listeners about the kind of other types of work you're involved in where you use your skills as a, as a dentist or your inherent knowledge about um, dental health care in other ways? And, and, and don't, be, don't be too shy or modest. We want the summary version of your resume <laughs> yeah. as inspiration to others. Well, I, I think the first the first two things that I got involved with. The first thing was the recent graduate committee with the Australian Dental Association in New South Wales. And I, for those of you that are interested, please join up or look to join up and be involved. And if you can't be involved in that, be involved with the mentoring um, program that the ADA has because and I think a number of the state branches have it as well across Australia. And that's not a plug. That's just simply something that I really do believe in that is so helpful in your journey when you, to have a mentor or have multiple mentors. But um, but I think that's where I started and, and then I'm now involved um, in an honorary capacity with the university as a lecturer, um, University of Sydney, um, and I help them a little bit with their with private practice education, um, being in primarily in private practice and owning um, a private practice, um, it's a passion of mine and, and helping dentists transition from learning about dentistry and how to be a dentist 
into actually how to be a dentist in private practice is something that we probably haven't done enough of. It's probably something that we haven't taught enough or really exposed students enough to um, and something that I've, I've hopefully changed a little bit there. So that, those are probably the, the first two things that I was involved with. Since then, I've um, been a, a counsellor and then a board member with ADA New South Wales. Um, and I'm now vice president at the New South Wales branch of the ADA. Um, and recent, most recently, I was um, elected as chair of Filling the Gap, which is a, for those of you that don't know, is a, is a charitable organisation that, that essentially provides dental care to vulnerable people um and the reason i use the word people is it's just not australians it's also asylum seekers and refugees who aren't australians yet um and it the reason it, it was initially termed filling the gap it, it was filling the gap of those people who couldn't seek treatment through medicare because they weren't australians yet um but still needed to be seen if they were in pain, etc. So I'm very proud to be chair of that um, organisation currently, and I'm also on the board of the Australian Dental Council, which is the the body that um, accredits um, and uh, accredits university uh, programs as well as uh, specialist programs, and um, is involved with. Uh, a lot of people who are overseas trained dentists looking to to become qualified and able to practice in Australia. Dental practitioners. Ron, I feel like I feel like you've like basically got six people's worth of careers and you've just managed to um, live them all in your one life and you're also a practicing dentist, you're a practice owner, you have young kids, a family with young kids as well. I know you probably get this a lot, but like, how do you? That's a lot of balls to juggle. How are you managing it all? Yeah, so um, I think you hit the nail on the head there, or, or sort of provided me with some semblance of the answer that I was going to give because you, you talked about balls to juggle, and I think that the big thing with me is when I was and allow me to indulge a little bit in my sporting career as a high school student, but when I used to play cricket my cricket coach used to tell me all you can do is focus on the ball that's being bowled right now and then when the ball's been bowled and you've faced the ball and you've hit the ball or you've done whatever it is that you've wanted to do for that particular delivery take a break think about something else do something else for the next few seconds before the next ball's bowled and I've kind of taken that mantra through my life where I've kind of when I'm on I'm on and then when I'm off, I, ha- I give myself an opportunity to switch off and I just, my mind, mind is blank and I can completely do something, com- you know, cut something completely different and not worry about the thing that I just did before. So I'm able to really sort of tap into that and I think that really helps. But I think the other thing is in terms of doing, you, you mentioned doing six people's things, you could probably do 20 people's things if you wanted to. I, I just, th- I don't think there's a limit. It, it we limit ourselves and pigeonhole ourselves into what we think we should be or what society expects us to be. But there's no limit to what we think and what we feel we can be. We, 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 you just, you just got to chart your, your own path and do what you feel you want to do. There's no limit. Mm-hmm. 
As a new grad, I had to register with an indemnity insurer in order to practice, and having loads of options didn't make that any easier. When I came across Dental Protection Limited, they made it easy for me to sign up with them with their streamlined registration process and they also had heaps of added bonuses for signing up, like webinar events, workshops and various online learning. Dentistry is hard and the stress of patient complaints can add to the everyday stress. Knowing I have DPL behind me every step of the way makes me feel confident stepping into work. If you want to feel like someone has your back going into work, you should give DPL a chance and discover what they can do for you. What got you interested in the first place um, to explore the non-clinical aspect of, of dentistry and what other opportunities do you see for yourself and for other people into the future? Yeah, so if I can be completely candid, I really enjoy the governance space because I think it allows me to do what I just said, which is do go into a completely different space and be a completely different animal. Um, I'm not using my hands. I love using my hands at work um, when I'm doing dentistry, but then it's there's something liberating for me a bit about being able to walk in to a boardroom, sit down and be able to have the strategic plan of an organization, the media that comes with it, the critical thinking that comes with dealing with different people in a boardroom setting um, or in an organizational setting financial the legal aspects of it the governance aspects of it the compliance aspects of it and looking at an organization both internally and how it sits within the external space um the external environment is 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 really fascinating and it puts it is so different so diametrically opposed to what we do in the clinic that it it is liberating for me and it's something that i feel where i'm actually able to use my brain in a in a in a completely different capacity, sometimes in a much fuller capacity. So, what about I was going to say into the future? Where do you see um, where do you see yourself diverting your energy, and what would you like to see? How would you like to impact the delivery of dental services or private practices, dental private practices? Um, in Australia, how would you like to impact the profession through your role? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And um, I could talk to you about it for, you know, hours and hours. But if I can really sort of summarise my thoughts and my feelings, it's always to think 10 steps ahead. So I'm always thinking what will the profession look like in 10 years? What will it look like in 15 years? What will Australia look like? in 10 years and 15 years and what will we have to how will we have to be now in order as a profession in order to cope with the demands of 2035 2040 2050 so that kind of prescience foresight is what i really like to channel when i'm thinking about the profession and where it's going and you have to consider all avenues you have to consider every possible which way that dentistry could go from now until you know, the next 10, 15 years. And when you consider all those different avenues, you have to think about which avenue is most likely to occur and why, as well as the one that is probably most disastrous to the profession and why. And if you work on that basis, then you're able to chart a better future and 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 be able to encounter 
or yeah, you, I suppose you're able to encounter the difficulties before you actually encounter them because you've encountered them in your head. You've talked about them at a board level or at an organizational level, and therefore you've set the the railroads in motion for the train to traverse beyond or around the obstacle that you foresee. So I think those type of things, I suppose that probably sound a bit more philosophical, but there are too many things for me to discuss for me to say, you know, these are the things that I see as problems. But I hope that answers your question in a roundabout way. Is there anything specific that you wanted me to to talk about? Yeah, look, maybe something more specific. I feel like I'm interviewing a politician now, but I guess um, you're one of the people, the few people in the profession that's put themselves in a position to represent an aspect of the profession, both as a patient advocate, a professional advocate for the government, for organising bodies, for, I guess, to benefit the most number of people. What I guess maybe another way to look at it is what do you see as the future, like, major challenges in dentistry um, and how can other people get involved in the kind of work that you do, the non-clinical aspect of the, the, their, their career options that they have um, to contribute to solutions? Yeah, fantastic question. And I think the long and short of it is the biggest problem in dentistry would be that dentistry ceases to become relevant. The dentistry is not seen as um, as something that that politicians or that Australians see as important because you and I both know we, we see um, oral health and dentistry um, as a really important aspect of what we do in our lives, but the rest of the world doesn't potentially see it as in as sort of stereo as as we do or in, with as big our eyes as we do. So I think for me it's it's in, it's ensuring that we're equipped to deal with the challenges of 10 15 20 years and and what that brings. And what I would what I always try to envision is the situation where everyone wins. You know the friends episode where they always go the one where um anyway, the in my mind it's the episode is the one where everyone wins. And that's like a very small Venn diagram. So if we're looking at Venn diagrams of where the patient wins, the Venn diagram of where the dentist wins, the Venn diagram of where the government wins, the Venn diagram of where, um, you know, you could put as many different groups as you want in there, but there is an overlapping part of that Venn diagram where everyone wins. And that's where I focus my most the most amount of my attention. So a lot of those things are to do with... Um, access to care getting more people care that can that can seek care it's expanding our scope to the things that I was talking about that I've spoken to you about before in terms of ensuring that we're able to treat medical uh, disorders in the best way possible like sleep dentistry or dental sleep medicine as an example um, that we're equipped to, to be seen as diagnosticians rather than just operators um, that we're able to have a viable private sector that is able to provide really, really good, high-quality care for lots of people, um, that we're able to um, see people who – I think a lot of, another big thing that we're seeing in the population at the moment is seniors. So the baby boomer generation is upon us and they're going to get – they're getting older and older and we know that they're, they're going to have lots of dental issues – are we equipped as a 
as a as dentists or dental practitioners are we equipped to be able to deal with that demand of what we're going to see are those people um adequately funded or do they have the adequate funding from either private health funds or from the government to be able to come to us to have that treatment done whether it's carious root stumps or exos or implants or dentures or simply just um, getting the access to the care that they need to get to so there's so many issues where everyone wins if if we can have more preventative services and more services that come through where dentists are able to see people at stage a rather than the hospital sees the person at stage z um when there's a non-communicable transmissible disease caries biggest one in the world that is being able to see being is able to be seen by a dentist in one of the stages of infancy in an elderly person rather than when it gets to a real big problem so I mean, yeah, there are so many issues, but I think I always think of coming back to what I was saying before of the one where every single stakeholder wins because that's, and that's not just me as a board director, that's me as a dentist too, because I really think that that's, that, that's the best scenario for us. Um, I, I tell my um, students that I teach at University of Sydney, would you rather do as you would have done to you and treat someone in the best, most ethical way possible to give them the best service, the best treatment, which sometimes may be no treatment and have them refer 20 families to you? Or would you prefer to see them do what could sort of be borderline seen as maybe over-servicing or over-treatment or maybe do something that you think could be done or maybe something else could be done or not give them the time of day or not really even maybe care for them as well as you possibly could. And, you know, I don't think everyone wins in that situation. Whereas I think the former situation that I painted, everyone wins. Um, and, and and the government wins too, in a way. And a lot of the regulatory bodies win too, because you're we're doing the right thing by our patients. There's less of a burden on the over, overarching healthcare system. Our practices are more profitable because we're actually providing a grade level service and we're happy because we're doing the right thing and we're and we're doing giving a high level of care to our patients what are you focusing on this year what are the cpd topics the disciplines that you really want to get better at and how do you find all the information out there on those topics cpdjunkie.com.au is made to be a comprehensive directory of cpd in australia and new zealand We created this because we found this frustrating and now there is a system where you can be alerted if there's topics that come up that you are interested in. Make an account at cpdjunkie.com.au and update your alert settings. Every month on the 20th, we send an email sending you the information specific that you want to know about. Interested in communication, aesthetics and orthodontics? Same, update your alert settings now. Take your CPD to the next level with cpdjunkie.com.au. For anyone listening out there who's interested in getting involved uh, in the kind of work you do, um, whether it's, you know, being involved in the ADA, in the Dental Council, in charitable organisations, 
Um, do you have any advice for them on how to where to where to start? Yeah, so I always ask this. I mean, I ask this to people all the time who are in high level board positions in ASX listed companies, um, and I'm privileged enough that I get to speak to people who perform those roles or are involved in those types of organisations. And every single person gives you a different bit of advice on how to get involved because the reality is their story was, the reality is their pathway was different to the person next to them who was different to the person next to them. So uh, there's no formula to get involved, but you have to keep throwing your hat in the ring. Just knock on every door is what I would say. If you're interested, you've got to have an attitude not limited by your ego. You've got to be able to, to put, where you ha- put your hat in your hands and say, please take me, please take me, please take me, and eventually someone will. Is that how you did it? Knocked on, <laughs> knocked on a door and begged someone to take you and they did? Oh, I, I actually was even worse. I was dragged in. I think um, I accidentally fell into this career, uh, both dentistry and sort of the governance space. People tapped me on the shoulder and said, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? So... Yeah, I think that's that's something that I think you've, again, that's a different pathway, but really I think you've just got to try and knock on as many doors as you can if you're interested. And I'm sure it's the case that once you open one door and you discover the possibilities, you build a network um, in the industry, it, it, other doors just keep opening and you have more of an opportunity to have that impact we were talking about, so that public health impact, the professional impact. Um, so it goes way outside of just just your surgery. So that's fantastic. Yeah, thanks, Tudum. And, and I think it also goes beyond dentistry too. I think we can learn a lot from other industries. Um, digital transformation is has been sort of something that has been happening across a number of different industries. Um, corporatization has happened um among enough, a number of different industries. And I think dentistry can learn a lot about how those models have been used in other industries for the betterment of all. And, and rather than be fearful of change, we've got to learn to embrace change and use it to our advantage. Because if we're not catching the wave, we're just going to get left behind. We've got to be ready to, to accept that things are going to change, but that if we're part of the conversation, then we can help direct where that, where that change goes. And that's why I would tell people to try and get involved in in whatever capacity, wherever they can, from a small study group to a big organisation, everything counts. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.